We are very excited today to have uh, director, writer Duncan Birmingham with us. We have talked about uh, who invited them on the show in the past, recommended it uh, very excitedly, and he's here with us today. So we're so psyched to have you. Thank you, Duncan, for being oh, here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for giving the movie a shout out in previous episodes. That's awesome. Oh my God. We loved it. I'm sure we're <laughs> going to get into that uh, as we interview you. You'll you'll catch on uh, that we're fans. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I can't get enough. Can't say you love it enough. Um, yeah. Tell your friends. Um, really appreciate that. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I guess to start off, I had such fun. Uh, one of our, our sort of mode of operations since the pandemic started is we've watched a lot of movies. And that means that many times during the course of a day, I will text Allison and say, okay, you need to start watching this as soon as you can, uh, which was exactly what happened with who invited them. Uh, and and I think the way I described it was, uh, this is going to upset you so much because it's our, it's our aging hipster nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I will say like, as much as I did enjoy the film and I loved it so much, I did feel attacked directly <laughs> many times during it and texted Meredith in all caps locks like, oh my God, it's me. Oh my God, it's me. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I love to hear that. I've, I've shown the movie at a few film festivals and at the Overlook Festival in New Orleans, like someone, you know, raised their hand during the Q&A and said they, you know, enjoyed the movie. But man, they they just found that Adam character so unlikable. Adam, <laughs> who is basically me, uh, you know, all the characters are you. But I was like, really unlikable? I thought he was, uh, you know, a challenging, uh, challenging hang, but uh, had, had his charms. Um, <laughs> a yeah, challenging no, that's, hang. That's really great. <laughs> I do like that description, a challenging hang. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the first question I'm like to start you off was, um, and I think I might have alluded to this at some point over Twitter. Was there a real life experience, whether it was with party crashing or a creepy couple or somebody giving you weird vibes that uh, that kind of led you to decide this was a good idea for a film? <laughs> Um, I mean, I think I've been the the host trying to uh, get rid of people, and I've also been the guest that stays too long at parties at different points uh, in my life. So I think it was less a a direct story about a specific couple and more just a a, a vibe. Uh, I mean, there is really <laughs> nothing worse than either a house guest that stays too long or a party guest that doesn't get the hint and just wants to have another drink. Mm. Um, and for me, home invasion movies are kind of the scariest mm. of all movies. Oh, um, a thousand percent agree. <laughs> and, and it just, it just feels like if you were going to, I just had this idea about a, I wanted to think about a home invasion movie. that was like a polite home invasion movie. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so easy. If you're having a party, if someone's having a party to slip in unnoticed, um, is kind of a you know instead of banging in the front door it just seemed like that was a that was a fertile ground for a movie i mean i still keep i live in in la and i still keep my copy of helter skelter by my bedside table oh, yeah. just to remind me to lock the doors i've already read the book i just keep it there just to be like you know what just don't don't get too complacent your visual um, aid to make sure that you're actually uh, doing that instead of like a alert on your phone. <laughs> yes, it very, it's super analog. An old dog-eared copy of uh, Helter Skelter. Amazing. Um, <laughs> it works better than an alarm system. Much cheaper. Hell yeah. Love it. 
Um, well, that actually reminds me, um, and, you know, this just, there was, there's a, another, there's a short film that Allison showed me uh, called Rachel. Um, yeah, was, by, Oh, um, yes, you know. the, the, then you sent to me, which I'm, I hadn't seen, <laughs> but loved. Oh, I, I love them. I love John Early and I love Kate Berland. And that I was, love that you sent that. Yeah, we, we well, talk about that all the time. <laughs> like, it's, I love that because it, it is such a creepy premise, as you were saying, Duncan, that like, yeah, if you have a party, anybody can walk in at any time. What I love about the John Early short film is that it walks that line where it is very disturbing, but it's also like deeply funny. Like, who is this woman? <laughs> and, and then that ending where the, you have the real phone footage was amazing yes. that, that, the, that that all really did happen. I know. And I think, uh, I think in, in the case of... Um, who invited them. Well, you know, there are plenty of uh, party scenarios I've been in where you might think you know all the guests, uh, but then they have a few drinks and all of a sudden you're with like some total stranger and you have to get that person out of your house or deal with that person. Oh yeah. Um, there's yeah. Some, so yeah, I've, I've definitely dealt with that a lot and, and probably been the person who's had too many drinks as well. So yeah, parties are just, um, I showed the uh, movie to a friend of mine early on, like a rough cut. And she was like, oh, so you made like a horror movie out of your social anxiety. And I really <laughs> liked that. And I just feel like parties are, 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 are minefields uh, uh, and, and really uh, fertile, fertile for, uh, for horror movies. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, you know, tell me also a little bit um, when it comes to, as you talked about home invasion movies being, um, you know, so scary and having this particular power because they're so visceral. Um, what were some of them that you were like relying on? I mean, did you create a mood board with, you know, this was a much funnier one than say the strangers, which is a movie that traumatized me deeply when I saw it. <laughs> uh, totally. Totally. Can I, can I swear on the podcast? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. I was just saying there, there was someone who came up. I really liked their review. They came up after the Overlook film festival and they were like, Oh, this kind of reminded me of the, of the strangers in that movie, they never speak. And in your movie, they never shut the fuck up. <laughs> and I really, I really uh, dug that. Um, yeah. L like I said, I mean, home invasion, uh, I think for me, the, probably the scariest, I also was raised very Catholic. So any, anything that dabbles in, uh, you know, uh, exorcisms or, uh, things like that also, also totally terrifying, but home invasions. I mean, I can get on, especially since I live in LA, I can get on, you know, those apps like next door and citizen and see like home invasions happening. You know, how many home invasions happened last night in uh, you know, a five mile radius of, of my house. Um, they just, they happen living in LA. There is something extra creepy. If you are in the Hills where, you know, your, your reception can, uh, can uh, cut out at, at any time and often does. Um, so yeah, home invasion, super scary. Uh, certainly movies um, that are home invasion movies, kind of it's, it's its own genre. So some that I like were in the horror camp. Others were almost kind of like comedies and some were mo more like social satires. And I, I just feel like there's, there's so many, but certainly uh, the invitation was a big influence. Um, not a home invasion movie per se, but uh, cheap thrills. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly one straw dogs. I saw that as a kid and it was, you know, so terrifying. Um, that's Dear one of my Lord. favorites, funny <laughs> games. Um, yeah. Th and then there are movies like the ref. Um, Oh my God. Wasn't really an influence. Uh, it wasn't on my mood board, but someone brought it up the other day and I was like, oh yeah, maybe, you know, on, on, on some level, uh, you know, maybe the, the, the ref was a little bit of an influence. I, I love, uh, it, and certainly the, uh, the movie, uh, about, uh, came out like eight years ago. I really love the overnight. 
Um, mm. So, yeah, I mean, all those are some of those are home invasion movies. Others are uh, just kind of like couples, couples that stay too long or are in the wrong house type films. Um, but those those are all kind of in the in the mix. Um, and I just think there's just some something so terrifying about the home invasion movies because you're 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 since it's so relatable and they do happen, you can't help but put yourself in the protagonist's shoes. And there's kind of that question of, you know, what what would I do? Yeah, totally. yeah. Um, um, so, go ahead, Allison. Sorry. Yeah, I was curious, just because we're huge fans of Shudder on Light Trees and News, um, what was the process like? How did it end? How did uh, who invited them end up on Shudder? Well, I have a, a great uh, producer, Mary Pat Bentel, who I met years ago. I had a short film at Sundance and it played in front of her feature at Sundance. So I ended up you know, being this weird guy who came to literally every, you know, every screening of, of her feature because I wanted to see my short. Um, <laughs> we became friends. So, uh, yeah, you know, Shudder was uh, involved early on. Um, they had read the script and, uh, and they liked it. They kind of gave us uh, some help getting the movie going. And then was, they were very, uh, very hands-off uh, partners. So it was it was by any account a, a true indie film uh, shoot, just in terms of uh, chaos, speed of the shoot, and uh, all around low budgetness. But um, yeah, Shutter was there not not from day one, but pretty pretty early on, and uh, and they were great. And I'm a fan too. It's great to see I, you know I have so many filmmaker um, friends and people I'm fans of that movies are appearing on Shutter. I know I'm, I'm like a spokesperson for Shutter now. I just watched like the four hour folklore doc. <gasps> Amazing. So good. It's so, so good. good. I only knew like the Wicker Man. I was like, I'll watch a few minutes of this. And I was writing down movies the whole time. Yeah. I thought it was fascinating. Um, Rosie, in the of... background, you can hear is very excited about the Aww. folklore documentary. <laughs> if, uh, if I didn't have my, uh, I, I'm glad you said headphones because I didn't have it in. My dog Snacks would be barking too. And it'd be like this dog <laughs> echo chamber. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you mentioned the the quick shooting schedule um, I'm sure you've been asked this before but I am just so curious I'm so impressed by anybody who's created anything in the past few years because it's been such a fucking nightmare that I'm like man good on you but like was the shooting or even perhaps the overall story influenced in any way by COVID or did you always intend to shoot it like in one one single location? Um, that's a good question. You know, the, the shooting wasn't the shooting and the story wasn't particularly uh, influenced by COVID. No, the, the idea was in writing the script was to write something that was, uh, you know, mostly one location, but but not totally that it I wanted to do something that kind of opened up at some point, but um, wanted to write something that was low budget enough that I was able to find the find the dough for right. what would be the, you know, the first movie I've I've directed and that can be that can be challenging to find that money. So so that that wasn't due to COVID. That was just uh, that was the idea. And then for filming, um, yeah, it did certainly add a, an extra uh, wrinkle um, in terms of uh, a COVID compliance officer um, being there and, and doing everything. Shout out to Elise um, and having masks on. And, you know, there were, uh, we had the uh, big cast and crew screening party not too long ago. And I was, you know, telling people, I was like, I think this is the first time I've seen your face. And I stood next to you for <laughs> two weeks. I didn't know yeah. you had a mustache or you've got like a, you know, a great chin. <laughs> there were just a lot of people who, you know, were, were masked up the whole time. 
Right. God, that in itself is it's is a terrifying concept that now will haunt my nightmares. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. it was also a lot of night shoots, so it, it did feel a little surreal. Like just going into this, you know, dark tent and the house is in there and everyone's masked up, and yeah, it could be a little uh, disorienting. And even though COVID didn't influence the movie, I have. It does seem like parties feel a lot more fraught. I get we're not post COVID, but wherever wherever we are right now in COVID, I mean, parties bring along a, a little bit more. Um, I don't know, maybe danger is too strong. Anxiety. Uh, there's there's just a, a, a little more, um, a, a, even even more kind of uh, pitfalls to uh, big social events now. And I feel like the movie. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to say the movie's a metaphor for that, but I wasn't smart enough to really figure that out until <laughs> until recently. Um, you know. Piggybacking off of, of you're just talking about it being some, you know, working with it's going to be low budget. You're trying to figure out how to get enough money to make it. Um, this is kind of a hypothetical, but do you mm. feel like you would have done some done things differently if you hadn't had so many resource constraints? Did it um, did that those boundaries like give you a you know, did they lead to doing things more creatively or how do you feel about how did you feel <laughs> um no that's that's a that's a really interesting question i've never never thought about that um uh i think well i i am a fan of a certain i, I love a nice indie movie that i'm not saying mine is I'm, I'm saying just i am a fan of an indie movie that feels like it's uh you know it, it's operating under certain constraints and it like knocks it out of the park so i'm i'm thinking of like i said i mentioned that movie Cheap thrills or something like the overnight. Um, those those are really uh, interesting movies that I think uh, take place not not all in one location, but mostly and um, and there's kind of a it's kind of like its own own genre. Um, and I love uh, you know I love plays, so I also love some movies that are, are the the best versions of filmed plays. Like Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf was another movie I I looked at again mm. or uh, the. Tracy Letts play uh, Bug that was made into a movie with Michael Shannon, which is really great. That so, is such um, a creepy play. <laughs> uh, so creepy. So creepy. Oh my God. That and Killer Joe. Terrifying. <gasps> um, so, and, and I loved, uh, I, I loved the whole nineties, like that whole like dogma era, even though there's only mm. one, I love the celebration, which is another movie that uh, was a big influence. Um, and certainly that whole movement was all about kind of, um, keeping things simple in terms of locations and costumes and everything. I, I think that's where those movies get a lot of their energy anyway. So for this movie, if you were going to cut me like a, 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 a blank check and I was remaking it or something, um, I would keep the plot very similar. I, I feel like that, that was, um, you, you know, that's, that's kind of the story I wanted to tell. Um, I would use that money to pay everyone more for sure. And to give us some more time to give us some more time. Right. Um, for sure. That that would be uh, it would be great, especially for, um, you know, for the, the, the driving yeah. scenes and, and things like that. I would love to have uh, love to have a little more time. Yeah. Um, you know, so obviously this, it is a scary movie and there are psycho killers, but uh, it's a movie about relationships and how, you know, <laughs> these conflicts that come up and you can hear Rosie barking. At Rosie, her. my God. Oh, she's been. What, what, what is Rosie? What kind of dog? <laughs> she's a corgi. So, oh, cute. You know, oh, very corgis cute. are having their moment right now. Well, she's oh, yeah. actually, she's very upset because the queen, you know, died. So, she had the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Being difficult. Uh, you know, 
talk a little bit about um, how you landed on the specific conflicts between um, the, you know, your the main couple, uh, mm-hmm. Adam and Margot, because I that was the part that really made me feel so uncomfortable where I was like, oh, mm. God, this Margot's struggle is everything I've always been afraid of when it comes to like settling down or if I was, you know, was like, <laughs> I don't want to ever have to be like afraid that I'm losing myself because I've had a child. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, well, uh, that's interesting. I, I, I think, um, you know, I, I think those are very much like you said, those are very much my uh, fears as, as well. Um, maybe that's why I am not settled down. Um, so in, in many ways, a lot of the social anxiety and striving of, of Adams is probably the, the closest uh, of our DNA that I share with that character. And for Margot, um, I was never in a band, but I do work, you know, as a writer and obviously uh, filmmaker. So um, yeah, that's, that's always a concern having to uh, kind of put put those things away um because they may not always be uh the the money makers um you hope they are um so so her 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 story about the you know leaving the band behind um even though it's not at like the forefront of her mind it's just one of many things that are kind of leading to what what Margot and Adam are going through now, which I, I kind of have described as like a, you know, it's like a, a, t- a little bit of a 10 year, 10 year itch. Um, mm. And that certain point in the, in the marriage where you realize maybe your, your goals and your likes aren't, um, aren't totally aligned anymore or as much as you thought they were, which can be uh, its own type of, <laughs> of uh, horror movie. So, <laughs> oh so that God, was, yeah. that was certainly, um, yeah, I, I think, I think those, those fears uh, that she has, um, and a lot of their problems are, are just problems, you know, called from my own relationships. Yeah. yeah. And that, that tension is so fun because it really is like, are they going to get divorced? Are they going to become swingers or are they going to kill each other? And like <laughs> just meeting a couple at that crossroads in that moment is like uh, very, like very tense, but very interesting to watch. Yeah. Screw, screw, marry or kill. Um, right. <laughs> You know, I uh, what, what was I just thinking? Oh, yeah. I well, I, I I do think for all their flaws, and and um, you know, we had very little time to prep um with the actors. We had very few conversations, but one one conversation I was able to have was that I I did think that uh, Adam and Margot are, uh, as Tom says, at the end of the day, a good couple. I think their problems uh, that makes me very happy that you found them relatable because their their problems I don't think are insurmountable or totally unusual. So um, I, I do think they are solid and as uh, kind of uh, up in the air as certain things in the movie are, I do feel like they weather the storm and survive as a couple. Yeah, I know Allison and I both related very, very deeply to the moment <laughs> and the, when they're hanging out. <laughs> and, uh, you know, first she asks to do some of like the cocaine and then <laughs> asks for the single wants the cigarette. Uh, <laughs> right. right. I like that is every party that I feel like I've been to in my late 30s. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is the moment of, ooh, I'm going to be bad <laughs> with my single cigarette. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just to, just to talk about uh, what, what I would do with, uh, with more money in terms of a little bit of time. Our producer had a great idea. She was like, geez, should we have a moment where Sasha, you know, finds uh, a stash, a stashed, uh, 
some stash cigarettes in like a drawer because you know you see those those quick pop Ooh, moments later yeah. where they're snooping around the house. Um, and I love that idea. It was such a great idea. And uh, but uh, we just didn't have the time. We didn't have the time. So I think it's still fairly obvious. Um, you know, she's got that. Sasha has that one cigarette. You know, ready to go. <laughs> she somehow picked up that Margot is a smoker right, uh, or was right. a smoker, maybe just guessed. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I feel like you have those. You know, in in a way, uh, as as uh, seemingly terrible and flaw. I'll say flawed as as uh, Tom and Sasha are. They they kind of come in there, and it's kind of like the story of how uh, Adam and Margot get their groove back. Sometimes you need a, a home invasion to get that marriage back on track. Oh my god, uh, like the most intense marriage boot camp ever. Yeah. Um, so I'm just curious, what is your own? How did you go from being a, a writer for the Weekly World News to like directing a feature? Like, what was that evolution like for you? <laughs> well, well, the Weekly World News was was a while ago. I I lived in Florida and went to high school in Florida, and that was a, a my. Um, it was a friend of my parents knew I wanted to be a writer and they knew someone at the weekly world news. Um, so I worked there. I was, I worked there for a couple summers, also worked at the national Enquirer one summer and then uh, a little bit of one fall. Uh, that place was great. I mean, that was kind of like my almost famous um, where I was just like a young kid, you know, I was paid as an assistant, but I did get to write some stories and I got to pitch stories. It was almost, it was very much like a writer's room. It was just a 12, 13 person operation. Um, I was on the radio as like a Bigfoot expert. All my friends in college, I took their pictures, sent them to the Weekly World News, and they would appear in the Weekly World News, their headshots with like different names as like a migrant who was killed by a citrus monster or like a, a person in an accident who got Princess Diana's liver, you, you know, so so then they would get $40 and, and uh, uh. worldwide fame. So that was uh, Weekly World News was a lot was a lot of fun. Um, so this was like your your instead of working at a subway, you were writing stories yes. about Bigfoot. <laughs> yes, I mean most of it was 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 uh, was boring boring stuff like uh, you know ordering lunch and stuff. But but yes, they they did let me uh, after I was there for a while. They did let me write some stories. That's just a really that it is that's inspiring. It's kind of lovely to have that. Like oh, this is my thing. It's it's more fun than okay. Yes, I got a job at a real estate magazine and somehow wrote things of my spare time <laughs> okay easy like i i had a job where i would uh write lists about luxury yachts i had never been on um so we all we all do things <laughs> to get by you know absolutely <laughs> they, they gave you nothing not even one ride on a luxury yacht to not to even one. Get your, oh boy yeah. I would, if I were fact-checking one of your luxury yacht pieces, Allison, I would be like, I'm sorry, I just can't believe this until I've seen it myself. Oh, see? Very smart. I should have done that. Yeah, yeah. I was, I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> uh, I, I once wrote a movie years later when I moved out here, uh, and it was my first big job, and um, I got to f fly where the movie was, so the movie never got made, but I got to fly where the movie was set, and it was Iowa. It was like a small, like uh, blue collar town in Iowa. But I re only realized later, like, should have set this movie in Hawaii. Should have set this movie in Italy. Oh my Any god! Place totally, else. totally. And not that Iowa wasn't lovely, but um, you know, they were someone else was paying for it. You know, listen, it 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 is lovely. There are some rolling hills. The trees are great, but it's still Iowa. <laughs> it was funny. I, every this is twenty years ago. Every person I met my age was a little kind of standoffish and all the older people were like the awesome 
like Iowans that I expected. Well, I'm sure that the people that you were meeting who are your age were uh, kind of pissed that you were not in Iowa, like not stuck there. <laughs> yeah, although I, I, I was kind of undercover, but yeah, maybe, who knows, maybe I was like uh, wearing LA sunglasses and had slick you back hair. You just were oozing uh, West Coast cool. You couldn't, <laughs> couldn't help it. <laughs> so you've talked a lot of, on Twitter about the music in the film, and I know you've given shout outs to the music supervisor a bunch, but I would just, I would love for you to talk through the process of working on that um, because there is such, the movie I don't think would work if it didn't have such a great relationship to the songs that you guys picked. <laughs> Um, thank you. Well, yeah, I, we got really lucky. Uh, Dan Wilcox, who if you live in LA, you know him from KCRW and he's an old friend, um, and has supervised many, many movies and TV shows, uh, most with much, much bigger budgets. So we were very lucky to have him come aboard because when we shot the movie, you know, we were, we were, we had the a actors dancing to, you know, different songs. We knew we weren't going to be able to maybe get the rights to those songs. We had very, very little money. We had uh, that one Radiohead reference of uh, the DJ Shadow remix that I have in there. And so when the, the movie's done, you know, we've got the, the dancing scenes that need to be choreographed to actual um, or matched to actual real songs. We've got very little money. And then we've, we've got these kind of, you know, markers in the movie that that have kind of pigeonholed us to a certain type of music. So we wanted the, the soundtrack to be fun and cool, but also wanted it not to feel too much like a throwback but since there's so much of the movie is, is mentioning Margot's band that was hot like 10 years ago and like really it was like you know six or seven years ago that it felt like maybe Adam and Margot were really living their best lives and they're kind of talking about that a lot in the movie we wanted, we wanted to have a little bit a little bit of a throwback to the the type of music that they would really get them excited and kind of back in their groove and that they would realistically maybe have um, a, a vinyl uh, ish, reissue of in their in their uh, in his record collection, so that was a really tall order. Uh, we would have been, I think, royally screwed if Dan hadn't come on. And uh, we went through a lot of music, but um, yeah, yeah, I think he 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 really uh, nailed it. And then I, I think a lot of the music also, even though we wanted to be fun, I think there was a little. A couple of the songs have an air of melancholy. A couple seem a little threatening. Um, a lot of the, the lyrics kind of really work thematically. So yeah, we were very lucky with that. It's on, it's on Spotify. There's a little playlist that I tweeted out of the, um, you know, the five songs. And then also our, uh, editor, uh, um, Patrick Lawrence is in a band called the cults, kind of like a uh, shoegaze <laughs> band. So he, we already, we already had one tune to go that's playing, uh, <laughs> during the, the kitchen scene in the party. So that, that was also one of our starting points. Yeah. I mean, I've, it, it was all hands really on deck. I thought, you know, that was one of the things that immediately placed it as, oh, shit, these people are my age and they've lived, you know, yeah. they're just the L.A. version of of us. Oh, oh, no. Oh, dear. Because uh. <laughs> I was like, oh, yes, these are all records I would expect these people to have. Mm -hmm. Of course, he's a vinyl head and he's very picky about it. This is it's just it was too real. <laughs> um, now. This, like, I have to ask this, and I know I also mentioned this, the the bisexual lighting and the swinger vibes, <laughs> when you're like, are they going to fuck or are they about to die? Um, how much of that was really intentional? Because I felt like that also is weirdly a thing that is relatable as a person who's around our age, which is, you know, late 30s, early 40s, just because there are always going to be a weird couple that is a little too friendly 
at a party. <laughs> uh, yeah, I first of all, I'm going to be using that term bisexual lighting all the time. Love that. <laughs> that nails it. Um, I, I mean, it was very intentional. I wanted Tom and I, I have also had those experiences where, yeah, the, if, if you're at a party after a certain time of night with some couples who've been married a long time, um, yeah, sometimes that, that, that vibe, uh, the vibe gets a little weird, um, <laughs> or, or not weird, however, however you want to view it, it the greater or, or scary. Um, so I, I really did like the idea, uh, especially since Margot and Adam are, uh, you know, uh, kind of couple crushing on Tom and Sasha. I love the idea of, um, of, of this kind of, uh, possibility of, uh, a sex party being, being floated out there. So we, yeah. you know, leaned into it as, as heavily as possible. I, I didn't think ultimately that was where Adam and, and Margot would go. Um, and for many reasons, but, um, yeah. yeah, tried, tried to keep the flirtation ball, um, heavily up in the air. Well, and there's also just something so menacing about a hot couple just in general that like a hot uh, couple who <laughs> is like weirdly into you and you're kind of like, why? Like, why yeah. are you this? Like, what are you up to? Yeah. That's a good way yeah, to put it. Especially if there. someone's going to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My worst nightmare. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Worse, worse than getting murdered, really. Right, right. It's interesting because you know, speak no evil is uh, also I just out watched right it now. Oh my god! I told Meredith, I'm like, I'm a little mad at you that you recommended this because it fucking just like destroyed my world. Loved it, but it's like obviously very upsetting. But also about another couple who comes into your life unexpectedly and like everything that happens after that. Um, how do you, how do you feel about like your your movie being out right now? Speak No Evil being out right now? Like have have people like compared the two to you before? Only a couple. I hadn't heard of Speak No Evil before it popped up on Shutter, and I haven't looked up. I don't know if it was all if that's played a bunch of uh, horror fests or not. Mm. Um, but I, yeah, I, I loved it. So um, yeah, most of the uh, comparisons on Twitter have been complimentary. There was uh, there was one review that was a little uncomplimentary towards uh towards who invited them um and uh and uh and and uh, made the comparison much more favorably in the other movies uh respect but um yeah i mean i was struck too i mean there, there is kind of a as we talked about a, a, almost a subgenre of like uncomfortable couples um <laughs> you know in, in the in the realm of the movies i've talked about like everything from who's afraid of virginia wolf to the the overnight um but but then i watched when i watched the movie two nights ago i was like oh wow there's a there's a stuffed stuffed bunny wow that is a little close to, uh, a little, <laughs> little close to comfort but i swear i'd never heard of the movie before um uh, i thought it was great i mean as you can probably guess from who invited them where their movie went at the at the very end was maybe a little too uh a little too dark for yeah. me uh, yeah, yeah. um uh, for a couple reasons i won't get into but um <laughs> But, you know, I, I, I thought the movie was all beautiful and uh, kind of really amazing. Yeah. And I'm going to be uh, watching whatever that uh, filmmaker does uh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. like if I was at a party and I wanted to put on a movie, I would for sure put on your movie. And like, I don't know if I'm ever going to watch Speak No Evil again. I mean, it was so powerful, you know, and like so well done. But I truly I was like, I need to take a nap after this. Look, I apologize for nothing. I saw it. Um, I watched it, I think, streaming through the Seattle Film Festival several months ago. So I knew that it was something that I wanted to like 
get people to watch so I could talk about, but man, I can't bring myself to watch it again. I'm like, oh no, this is, I've done this to myself. Um, and I, I really, there were a couple really moments I really loved, like the, the babysitter when the babysitter oh came over and there and, and, and the husband's beeping, I was like, Oh, that's, this ah. is, this is like, re- or even just the, you know, the kids sleeping in the, in their bed. Um, yeah, really, uh, really tense stuff. Mm-hmm. Have, have either of you seen, uh, I might have to look it up as we're talking. All my friends hate me. No, I no. had, uh, I didn't hear about it until I was reading a, something about speak no evil and that, uh, that movie got mentioned. So it's on my list. Ooh. Yeah. It, all, yes. All, that is what it's called. <laughs> all my friends hate me. Uh, yeah, I saw that, uh, this summer. Um, that was, uh, also really good. Not a plays with horror tropes, but is more, is, is a comedy. Um, and I thought, uh, I thought it was pretty clever. I, I think the the trick with a lot of those movies is, yeah, what, what is the, what is the ending that doesn't feel like you've been gaslit, um, but also doesn't feel like a, a letdown? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, that's kind of a nice segue into, um, and this is like a combo question. Um, oh, yes, it's fine. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm curious where you are interested in going next in terms of uh, making, you know, more, doing more work, whether it's short films or, or features, um, are you interested mostly in sticking with the sort of horror, horror comedy genre, or are there other, um, and, you know, are there other films that have influenced you that you're interested in kind of exploring your reactions to? Um, great question. I, uh, I would hope my, my interest would not be to make more short films immediately. <laughs> uh, hopefully I'd love to make another feature. Um, I, I've worked mostly in in TV, um, and the TV I've worked in has been as a writer has been mostly, um, you know, cable comedies, dramedy, com- uh, what am I saying? Dramedies, um, kind of comedy drama hybrids, um, which I think is, is, uh, is a lot of what who invited them is too. I, li- I liked, I would describe who invited them as a horror dramedy, but it sounds so ridiculous and pretentious <laughs> that I just go with horror comedy. Uh, anyway, so I'm, I'm pitching a couple, a couple shows. Uh, those shows are, are, um, are like cable half hour dramedies, but I'm writing another movie that um, is in the horror um, comedy space. It's a, a slasher rom-com and mm-hmm. um, uh, it's, it's taken a little while to get the script, but I'm, I'm getting close. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I would love my, my dream would be to get this movie made and uh, make it with a lot of the same team, get, try and get the, the band back together um, for, uh, for, uh, for this film. Love it. Uh, Meredith, did you have anything else? And no. I will, I will say there, <laughs> there has been, there's been a little who invited them sequel chatter a little okay. bit. Interesting. Um, you know, those, I, uh, that would be uh, a dream come true as well. Yeah. I mean, the actors who played Tom and Sasha are, were so excellent. I yes. loved the way that they pitched their characters and their, uh, their relationship, the way they enter, you know, interacted with each other it was just amazing chemistry it felt it was a lot of fun so however it would come you know however that might come together got a lot of cool stuff to work with (laughs) yeah of of all the um good things that happened uh on the movie um uh the 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 casting and and landing um those those four wonderful wonderful actors was by far the biggest uh the biggest blessing and a lot of people have asked oh they must have known each other before they never met before. We had a chaotic uh, 
wardrobe fitting, a Zoom read, and then it was just off to the races. Wow. And they were such pros and so great to work with. So I uh, got very lucky with them. That's yeah. something I really love about movies that have that chaos of the low budget and the tight, uh, you know, when things work, it just ends up being really electric. And um, you can sense, okay, yeah, these guys really knew how to bring it in a, in a way that just lightning in a bottle kind of And thing. because it hadn't been, you know, rehearsed a million times, it has that like, you know, crackling energy. Like it feels like it's happening for the first time. Oh, I love to hear that. Well, well, it was. It was. Um, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We're a huge, huge uh, fan of the show or the, the, the film. And um, yeah, thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for reaching out. Um, appreciate the Twitter love um, <laughs> for sure. And uh, yeah, this was this was a real uh, a real treat. So um, yeah, if you like the movie, um, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, check it out. Who invited them? It's on Shutter. It's on AMC Plus, which I didn't even know it was on my Amazon Prime. You might even have it. You might not know it. Um, yeah. Yeah, and we'll definitely be looking out for what you do next. You're uh, on our list. Which sounds really ominous, but I promise it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Um, okay. Um, we'll be watching is what we're saying. Okay. Not the shit list. The good list. Okay. That's, that's a relief. 